0: you're listening to the broadway podcast network
1: hey everyone welcome back to part two of the parsnip ship presents deadweight a journey in afro existentialism by blaine teamer directed by tanya pinkins with musical guest julie brown to hear more episodes of the parsnip ship subscribe to the parsnip ship on itunes google play and spotify
2: act two inside the elevator georgina stares at brady
3: I'm what? What am I?
4: <laughs>
3: it's okay. Georgina, calm down.
5: <laughs> you, 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 you are you on the elevator. I can
3: see that, Gina. Why? How did I, how did we get here? What the hell happened?
5: Yes, what the hell happened? Uh, shh.
3: Ollie, is he, he's still breathing. Was it an explosion?
5: Earthquake. Big. The aftershock. Elevator fell! A g- crash! I, I don't know how many floors! I thought you were... Dead? S- yes! I swore you were... I, I... you
3: were... It's okay, I'm still here.
5: You... you are still here! Oliver, wake up! Honey, wake up! Georgina lifts
2: Oliver's head on her lap.
3: The last thing I remember is... What? The last thing you remember is what? We were in the apartment. The apartment? What are you, a parrot? I was telling him to get the rest of his things and leave his key. That's the last thing you remember? Yes. What, that's all? That, That nothing else? Yes, and then waking up here. You don't remember anything else? No, why do you keep asking me that? Why is your trunk in the elevator? Why are we in the service elevator? The trunk? What's it doing here? Did you give it to him for his new place? The trunk, yes. Oh, well...
5: Oliver came back to the apartment to take it mm-hmm. because I gave it to him for his new place. Okay. Just like you said. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God I did. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't, Brady, you would be dead. Mm. You see, I had stepped out to get some eggs. Mm. You don't remember that, me getting eggs for my cakes?
3: No. Then what happened?
5: Well, you must have choked eating your dinner, but... I don't know.
3: I wasn't there. I went out to get... Eggs.
5: You remember me getting the
3: eggs? You just said you went out to get eggs you, for your...
5: For my cakes. Mm-hmm. For church. So I wasn't there. So I don't know. But when I came back, he said, We have to rush you to the hospital. Why
3: didn't you two just call the
5: ambulance? He said... It would be faster if we took you to the hospital ourselves. Mm. You know, on this side of town, you can't expect for the coroner to come
3: quickly. I mean, Coroner? Was I dead or passed out? I meant
5: ambulance. It's so hot in here. I must be having a hot flash. Mm -hmm. We were in here when the earthquake happened. Then the aftershock came and then the elevator plummeted down. How
3: did we survive that fall? We should all be... Oh, wait, he's coming, too. Ollie!
5: Oh, I'll take care of him. Uh, (laughs) Figure out how to get uh, us out of here before another aftershock really kills uh, us all dead. uh, (sighs) Ma, what happened? Uh, Are you okay? Am I dead? No, no, you're alive. We all survived.
2: Georgina firmly grabs Oliver's face so he doesn't see his father. You're in shock,
5: so don't try and speak. Just be still and listen. Okay, you were right about the aftershock. It was a doozy. It's a miracle we're alive. All of us. We have to get out
2: before another. Oliver struggles, but Georgina holds him in place.
5: I said, don't speak. We're trapped, but your father is working on getting us out. From heaven?
3: (laughs) From heaven, hell no. I'm right here. Ah! Uh, Did that boy just faint? (laughs) Oh, Lord. Ah, ah, The aftershock. You feel it? No. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, now I do. Hold (laughs) on! (laughs) Lights out.
2: Later,
5: Brady stands on the trunk.
0: How many aftershocks do you think it's been?
3: I lost count.
5: Save your father some of that chicken, please. Mm. We don't know how long we're gonna be stuck in here together.
3: I'm glad you had the time to pack a full course meal in your rush to get me to the emergency room.
5: That's not what happened, Mr. Ungrateful. But regardless of why, aren't you glad I did? Mm. Imagine we survived the aftershocks and die of starvation.
3: We'd survive just like the Donner Party. (laughs)
0: Or a Dahmer dinner party. Get it? A Jeffrey Dahmer dinner
3: party. <laughs> Can you imagine what he served on Thanksgiving? <clears throat> Hold the trunk steady. I'm not any good with a broken neck. Georgina, try your phone again.
5: I got a signal. <laughs> this is... This is... Help. Oh, this is a great date. I, I leave a message.
6: Helena!
5: Helena! Send help! We are still stuck down here!
3: Why are you calling her?
5: Call 911! I am. She was on speed dial. Oh, shoot. It's out again. Damn it.
3: I I need something sharp. For what? To unscrew these remaining screws. Nail file something?
5: Get down. I think there's a little tool kit in the trunk.
2: Brady gets down. He inspects the emergency panel as Georgina finds a screwdriver to
3: give him. Now this is good. There should be a ladder to climb up in the shaft and then we can try and pry the door open. Oliver takes a jewelry box out of the trunk.
5: Is this the necklace that Aunt Helena was asking for? That's not what she was asking for. Put it back.
3: That's their fancy family heirloom wedding necklace. You told her that you hocked it. When was this? Tonight when she came over. Where was I?
5: Before you got home are worried about some little white lie I told your aunt?
0: You humiliated me in front of her.
5: Weren't you already humiliated when she saw you behind bars? My goodness.
3: <laughs> what did your mother lie about this time? Aunt Helena wanted it for Lola's wedding day, and she said she hocked it to get me out of jail. You didn't know lying is one of her superpowers. <laughs> she can shoot lies through your mind faster than a speeding bullet. Lies more powerful than a locomotive. Make you think you were all your ideas were a single noun.
5: What have I
3: ever lied to you about? You lied and told everyone that I gambled your precious Hancock Park house away. You know what the truth is. Oh my God, that is
5: ancient history. And we don't have bigger fish to fry, like getting out of here alive. You're
3: right, although you'd like that as long as he's here with you. Ollie, I'm sorry I fibbed. Of course, I will
5: give her the necklace. Of course I will. It is a family tradition. She just made me so mad. I hope you'll forgive me like I always forgive you.
3: <laughs> I bet after all this, she will be glad to move away from us. I was doing you a favor and you don't even know it.
2: Brady stands on the trunk again to start working on the panel.
3: Good thing you were taking this old trunk with you tonight. It's a lifesaver. Hey, speaking of lifesavers, your mother told me you kinda, you kinda saved my life. Kinda? You either save a life or you don't. I know what he did, Georgina. I know what you did, son. And I'll never forget it.
0: Don't thank me. I don't deserve it.
5: He's so modest. What he means
0: I don't blame you for kicking me out.
5: Well, I I think you've made up for it by saving his life.
0: I don't think I did make up for it. Did I? But I am going
3: to change my life around and do better. I guess I'll believe it when I see it. I just wonder if you have any respect for yourself. I mean... What you did.
5: When they foreclosed on my house, what kind of self-respect did you have for yourself? I
3: am so tired of you telling me that same old story about how it was all my fault that we lost your house.
5: It's true. If you hadn't done all that gambling. What's
3: also true is that you wouldn't let me rest until I refinanced my stores to pay his bail and then he was too coked up to show up. A hundred K gone. But I guess if you told the full story, it would show what kind of person you really are.
5: What kind of person
3: I really am, Brady? Enlighten me. The kind that would secretly refinance your house just Ah. so you could try to outdo your sister? Envy is one of those sins you're always talking about, Gina. Oh, Oh, and is it really your house if you swindled somebody (gasps) out of it? I never knew if you thought you were fooling somebody or you were just fooling Uh, yourself. uh, Oh, Oh, does that make it easier? If you believe the lie, is that what helps you hide it more carefully? Uh, What is that supposed
5: to mean? Never mind. I don't want to know. We are at death's door and you got a shovel digging up dust from the past. (laughs) Will you just get us out of here, this hellhole, before everything else comes crashing down on
3: us? (laughs) You see, son, Mm -hmm. she got dunked in a pool of holy water at the church and your mother still can't come clean. Um, come clean. I should just come clean.
0: They were genuinely glad to see me. Me! No one's been genuinely glad to see me in so long. I forgot what it felt like. Who? Marissa's parents.
5: When did you see them?
0: At Marissa's funeral. hmm I don't know why people trust me.
5: People know you have a good heart. Oh, my
0: heart is rancid through and through, but I can change. What
5: are you talking
0: about? I took the pictures of Marissa dead in the bathroom, and I took the picture of her in the casket and sold it to Celebrity Gossip News. That's why he was kicking me out. Mm. He found out.
5: Oh, is that all?
3: I mean... Is that all? That's not enough for you. I mean, I think it's in very poor taste, but... But what? I swear, your delusions of adequacy in regards to him compared to your delusions of grandeur for yourself (laughs) never cease to astonish me. Let's
5: not be hypocrites on top of everything else. I mean, we all sit around watching shows like celebrity gossip news, feeding off people's misery, yes, me included. It's become entertainment. And doesn't it somehow make us feel just a little better when someone is suffering more than we are? It's the culture we all live in now. I mean, it's the reason we have a reality star in the White House. Who
3: the hell did I marry?
5: Exactly. That show as well. It's horrible. (laughs) Suffering is entertainment. We don't even see the suffering. It's not illegal is what I'm trying to say, Brady. You should, you could say it was even a bit entrepreneurial. Everybody does it. Everybody
3: does it? Hear that, son? Is that what your cellmates told you in prison?
5: Furthermore, people have won awards for the same thing. I read online about this acclaimed photographer. Oh, what was his name? He took a photo of a buzzard waiting for this poor, starving child to die of starvation. He won the Pulitzer Prize. What was his name?
0: Kevin Carter? They made a movie about him because... Kevin
5: Carter, yes, that's his name. They gave him the Pulitzer Prize. A Pulitzer for that and a movie. See?
3: He committed suicide because he didn't help that little girl.
5: Oh, really? Well, facts are just horrid things. I didn't have time to read the whole article. Mm -hmm. My point is, it's not right what you did, but perhaps something good can come out of it. I know you should make a donation to my church, you know, to atone. Y- 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 you can bid on my cakes! Anonymously, of course.
3: He got paid $150,000 for selling those pictures of Marissa on the toilet and in her casket. He could make a nice donation, Gina. Oliver, I think you should bid at least $5,000. 5000 oh,
5: oh, 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 That would make a significant donation.
3: Oh, wait. Tell her what you did with it, son. I used it to buy cocaine. Mm Mm-hmm.
5: I thought I could flip it.
3: You know, like they do with the houses on HGTV. Unfortunately, instead of flipping it, he was sniffing it. Oliver! It's not my fault. I have a drug
5: problem. It's a disease. No, you are the disease. A cancer. You're a lying, lazy, drug-addicted, incompetent, drug-dealing thief.
0: I mean, when you put it like
3: that. You are the albatross around my neck. Albatross like a piece of jewelry, a necklace. Just hateful and spiteful, just like
5: your father was. He wanted me to have an abortion, and I should have listened. What?
3: I never said I wanted you to have an abortion.
5: Huh? I... I don't know why I said that. It's not true. Oh, oh god. You see you, you two are making me crazy. Oh, you're making me lose my mind. I need air. Do you feel do you feel that?
2: Lights out. Scene 3.
0: All right, we are back in five, four, Thank three. You. Thank you, Alex. It's Who's That Baby's Daddy Day on the Alex Winter Show.
7: Oh. Hello, Hello. Yes. welcome yeah. back. Please welcome Brady. Brady says his wife, Georgina, has consistently acted in bad faith Mm -hmm. over the course of their marriage. Mm. And now he wonders if his son, Oliver, is actually his biological son. Brady, after 25 years, why are you questioning if Oliver is yours? Look, I love
3: my wife. I've done everything I could to keep her in the lifestyle that she thinks she deserves. But it's never enough. Now I want to say it. look, mm-hmm. I can't say it, I can't say uh, it on, on TV, on. I- I'm sorry. Can't say what? My wife is two faced, <gasps> and both faces Ooh. lie like the devil since the day one. Since like day one, yeah, really?
7: Yeah, yeah. Where did you meet? And
3: how did she lie? Yeah, I met her at the Snooty Fox Motor Lodge on Western and 41st.
7: Oh, the Snooty <laughs> Fox. For those of you not from Los Angeles, the Snooty Fox is the type of hotel establishment where you can rent by the hour. Hey, beep-beep, if you get my 70s reference.
3: Yeah, yeah. I had just opened my very first video store across the street, and over at the Snooty Fox, they were shooting a music video for that... This rapper called uh, Gerardo.
7: You mean Rico Suave. Yeah, he was huge. That's what she said. Hey, now. Well, I let them use my parking
3: lot for craft services. So I'm behind the counter, and the most beautiful girl I've ever seen walked in. Georgina. No, Georgina was behind her. The beautiful girl was a regular at the Snooty Fox. Georgina came to the counter and wanted a box of now and laters. I used to love now and laters. My favorite was Black Cherry. Hey, Black Cherry, that was the name of the girl from the Snooty Fox. Oh. But she was meeting a client. Don't look at me. Okay. So what, then, what happened then? Yeah, I chatted up Georgina instead. And I, I gave her the now-a-laters. But in retrospect, now I wish I would have told her later. <laughs> Because Georgina had this long, sad story about how she just got replaced with the director's girlfriend, and now they just wanted her to shimmy in the background. She said she had danced in a firebird or something, and she was real proud of that. I thought she was dancing on a Pontiac firebird, but she said it was some kind of ballet.
7: So, the firebird Mm -hmm. was asked to do the funky chicken at the Snooty Fox. <laughs>
6: <Yeah>.
7: <laughs> after we
3: started dating and I found out she was hired as an extra from the start. <gasps> Sounds like she was extra from the start. Yeah. Oh, all right, she all said right. it was just a little white lie and I didn't really care, but it was
7: just one white lie after the other. Mm. Okay. Let's bring out Georgina. To hear her side of the story. Ooh.
4: Ooh. Who's, that baby's daddy? Who's that baby's daddy?
0: Who's that baby's daddy?
5: <laughs> Who's that baby's daddy? Who's that baby's daddy?
7: Georgina, America wants to know Are you a firebird or funky chicken?
5: knows that I dance the lead in Stravinsky's Firebird and. He knows he's my baby daddy. I mean, he knows he's the father of our child. I was a virgin when we met.
3: A virgin the snooty of fucks!
5: I was a professional dancer. He's just doing all of this to humiliate me and drag me down to gutter with him. You see, when we met, I lived with my parents in Hancock Park. That's where I was raised. My father was a well-known architect. When my parents passed away, I inherited the estate. Once we were married, he gambled us into debt. And we lost the house my father designed and built. It was tragic. And then he moved us just south of Wilshire.
7: Just south? I heard any further south of Wilshire, you would have needed a passport to get here today.
5: Hello! I was once a prima ballerina. You're
7: actually the much older sister of famed premier ballerina Helena Summer, right? Mm -hmm.
5: Ah, Not that much older, Alex. But yes, we are sisters. And it is true that with my ballet training, I was asked to dance for many artists' videos, and legendary Ecuadorian-American rapper, actor and singer Gerardo was among them.
7: What was the song? Huh?
5: I beg your pardon. Uh, the what?
7: What was the name of the song used in the video at the Snooty Fox?
5: It was so long ago, I can't remember the name. It
3: was called "Make That Backdoor Booty Do." <laughs> But his label never released it because it was so whack. It was whack.
7: <laughs> So, sounds like backdoor booty Doo laid a great big dookie at the snooty fox. Oh. Am I right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> seriously, regardless of the outcome, I hope you two can work it out because this is the only family baby Oliver has known. Are you ready? Here are the results. When it comes to little Oliver, you oh that <gasps> baby's daddy!
2: <gasps>
5: Vindicated, Georgina bows
2: like a prima ballerina. Oh, Brady oh, gets on one knee to beg for her forgiveness.
5: I told you, you put me through all of this.
2: Alex gets a message on his earpiece.
7: So I'm sorry. Oh, I always forget to put these reading glasses on. All right, here we go. It says you are not that baby's daddy.
5: Oh, oh. oh. oh, my, god. oh my god! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Where my, Where my baby? I knew it. I
2: knew it. I knew it. Lights out. The elevator. Georgina and Oliver are in separate corners having bad dreams. Georgina finally scares herself awake, which awakens Oliver. Ah. What?
5: What? I'm okay. I had the worst nightmare. I dreamt your father... Fu- he left us? Did he leave us down here? Dad! Pop!
0: hey.
3: There's a sliver of light, Oliver. I'm going to need you up here with me. Brady sticks his head through the hatch. If you get on my shoulders, I can hoist you up to the ladder and you can pull me up. It's going to take both of us to pull the door open once we get up there. It's pitch black in here. Georgina... Is the light on your phone still working?
5: No, it's out. It's dead.
3: Okay, okay. We can make our way without it. We will just follow the light. Come on, Oliver.
2: Oliver climbs up on the trunk and disappears into the hatch without looking
3: back. Be careful. Okay, you sit tight. Brady sticks his head back what's wrong with you?
5: I'm afraid.
3: Afraid of what? We'll be fine.
5: Don't leave me down here by myself. Open the door and come right back.
3: We'll be right back, Gina. Relax. Brady disappears again. We hear. I'm gonna hoist you up that ladder, okay? On three. Okay. One, <clears> throat> two, throat> three. <clears throat> y- you got it? Grab it. Got it. Okay, take my hand.
5: Okay, I got it. Okay, go up. I'm right behind you. You two be careful. <clears throat> Hurry
3: up. How's it going? Okay, we're up. Okay, it's opening. Pull. Oh!
2: Thud, the lights inside the elevator go out. Georgina pulls out her cell phone. The light works.
5: Oliver, Brady, what happened? Help, help, don't leave me down here alone. Somebody help me.
2: The apartment, Oliver rushes. He shuts the door behind him and tries to catch his breath. He paces and passes the mirror on the wall. He stops and looks.
0: It's it's not your fault. The earthquake knocked you into him. He must have lost his balance in the dark. He fell. It's not your fault. Oliver begins to search the apartment. Where did she put it? How much is that now? How much is that? It's not your fault. I didn't push him. Brady enters from a
2: dark hallway.
3: You didn't push who? (gasps) You? You contemplating pushing me? Glad you thought about it because I would be the last person you ever pushed. I can guarantee you that much. I'd have no qualms about knocking you the fuck out. No, no, not you. The the trunk. How how did it? I told you to be gone before your mother got back. Ma, she's coming back? It's going to kill her when I tell her that I found some more of your stash. I just flushed it down the toilet. You just don't care about this family. You don't care about anybody except yourself. Jesus, are you high now? No. I told you when you said you were getting clean the last time, I said I don't mind carrying you but don't drag your feet. That's all you do now. And you're not dragging us down with you like dead weight. That's what you are, dead weight, dragging everybody down. Wait, what's happening? I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. You're a sociopath. Or a psychopath, whichever one is worse. That's what's wrong with you. When you're done, leave your key. You are dead to me. Oliver dazed
2: to walks into his room down the hall to get the rest of his things. I think you're
3: right. I am. Hurry up. Let's get on with it. I want you out before your mother gets back. Brady goes into the kitchen to get his food and a beer. He
2: sits in his recliner. He picks up the remote and turns on the TV. He takes out
0: a few lotto tickets from his pocket. And the $300 million Powerball numbers are... 3, 6, 21,
2: 60,
7: 68.
2: Brady reviews the tickets and is mildly disappointed, but not surprised when none of the numbers match. He swigs down half the beer and puts the tickets back in his pocket and then realizes he has one more in his shirt. He takes it out.
7: And once again, the $300 million Powerball numbers are 3, 6, 21, 60, 68. Oh my God!
4: <gasps> <gasps>
3: <gasps> Fiona, baby. What? You sitting down. Listen. I, I I have to talk quick before Gina gets back. Oh, Gina! Huh? Who, who do you think it is? Well, let me tell you who. It's the man that just won the three hundred million Powerball. Uh, yes, i lie, you I'm lying. Not lying. you know you I'm lying. I'm not lying. You not lying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stop screaming! Listen, listen, Daddy, ooh. Fiona, listen. I'm about to hang up on you. Pack one you suitcase and your passport. <laughs> Whatever we don't have, we will get when Ooh. we get to wherever it is Oof. we are going. Yes, <laughs> that is what I like to uh-huh. hear. I'll pick you up at 9 a.m. We are a. getting That's the hell out pay. of here forever. Just you and me. Ooh, I can hear wedding bells. Yes, mm. okay, I have to go. I hear her coming. Wait, I gotta find some place to put this ticket. Brady hides the
2: tickets in a framed photo on top of the TV. Brady gets in his recliner and calms himself. Georgina enters, sadly, with a shopping bag and goes right into the kitchen.
5: You get your dinner?
3: Churches. Help yourself.
5: You know I don't eat that horrible. No thank you. All that fried, greasy food is going to kill you. Mm-hmm. His stuff is still here. Is he coming back? (coughs) I'm going to ask him to stay. I have decided.
3: Oh, you decided over my dead body. We have done everything we can for him. Do you know I just flushed a whole bag of-
5: I told you I don't want to know, and I don't care. He's our son, and we are not throwing him out.
3: Well, I don't care if you don't care. You're going to hear what your precious- Brady begins to (coughs) choke. He points
2: to his back. (laughs) Georgina rushes over to him and stops short.
5: Uh, Let me get you some water. I wish you wouldn't always talk with food in your mouth. Nobody wants to see all that. And no one is in that much of a hurry to hear anything you have to say. Trust me.
2: Georgina walks into the kitchen to get a glass of water and doesn't turn around. (laughs) Brady stumbles. Onto his (coughs) recliner.
5: You need to drink more water. (coughs) I saw online that a man should drink 13 cups a day. Not beer, not soda or tea. (coughs) Water.
2: Brady throws himself (coughs) against the chair.
5: He goes back and collapses. (coughs) Oh, my goodness. What was I thinking? (coughs) Do you know I went all the way down to the market and forgot (coughs) eggs? How can I make a cake without cracking some eggs? Do you need anything while I'm out?
2: Brady struggles to get up. He points to the picture on the TV, the one with the ticket in it. Georgina places a glass of water on top of the TV, beside the picture of her parents with the ticket.
5: Uh, Oh, you want the TV on? Okay, sweetie. I'll be right back. If you think of anything you need, just text me.
2: Georgina turns the volume up to drown out the noises he's making and puts the remote down.
5: Oh, look, it's your program. Honestly, I don't know how you can watch these shows. I mean, when did other people's misery become entertainment?
2: Gina puts her house coat on and walks to the door.
0: On this episode of Who the Hell Did I Marry? This time.
2: She stands, watching, as he lay there, mouth open, eyes staring at her. (sighs)
6: She
2: closes the door and exits. (sighs) End of play.
1: So before we get started on the fun and enlightening playwright interview portion of our evening, I want to give a big round of applause to our cast who did an amazing job of bringing us into the world. Um, So we want to start by, um, I guess, asking, because this is based off of your first, like the first question I asked you where you said you created Afro-existentialism, and that's what the world would be missing. So what does Afro-existentialism
8: mean Um, to you? What that means to me is, um, as I looked at um, the meaning of uh, existentialism, um, it talked about, you know, how do you look at the meaning of your life? And for me, I thought, you know, it's really hard to do that um, to figure out the meaning of my life when one is constantly being demeaned. Mm-hmm. And we're in this time where there are so many acts of bad faith, which this play is about, and acts of deception.
6: Yeah.
8: And we have this um, administration now that has um, normalized acts of bad faith and also kind of weaponized it. Yeah. So... Um, I really wanted to, to come up with a meaning for existentialism that spoke to me as an African-American, as a descendant of slaves, um, because existentialism also talks about free will. And free will is not free.
6: Yeah.
8: It's very expensive. Mm. And some of us uh, cannot afford it right. or have access to it. Um, so with those types of things in mind, you know, how do we kind of uh, move forward?
1: Right. So, um, so your your play poses this question: mm. Can we ever escape the consequences of our acts of bad faith? And if so, should we? So I'm posing it to you. What do you think?
8: Uh, looking at what happened, what's happening today, mm-hmm. um, with what's going on with uh, Cohen. Um,
1: and and yeah. to give context, like, what happened today? Because this is going to be released later. So, like, oh, what, okay. what's happened well, today? Well,
8: basically, it's just um, <laughs> the political climate that we're in right now. There, there are just so many acts of bad faith. And, you know, we're hoping that there's some type of repercussions for it. Because mm-hmm. um, otherwise, it's kind of devastating to think that all these things could kind of be going on and there's no kind of repercussions to right. it. And I think, um, I hope that karma kind of comes back and in some way and kind of justifies and balances things out Mm -hmm. to some capacity.
1: And is that what you, do you just believe that regarding like our administration or also like in the world of your play?
8: Uh, Both, both. I think that uh, our country has a lot of uh, funky karma Mm -hmm. and uh, it's kind of, uh, constantly coming back at us in, in different ways. And I think it manifests um, you know, we can look outside mm-hmm. and look at the White House in different places. Um, or Florida. Or Florida, right? But it's we're a al- weird state. but we're also doing kind of crazy things within our own families mm-hmm. and having these acts of bad faiths, acts of bad faith or deception within our own household. You know, so yeah. how do we clean house there first yeah. and work on that. And maybe what's happening now um, is a wake-up call for us to kind of hold the mirror up to ourselves and look at the places where you know, there are lies and deceptions within our own lives, and how can we make different choices. Yeah.
1: How did you develop and create these characters and these, the central plot lines and, and structure?
8: Uh, the jumping off point, I've, I've always liked the play No Exit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, I live in Los Angeles, um, so earthquakes are a big thing, and I lived through a couple of those, mm-hmm. and I know, um, had a lot of people who, um, that I know, uh, who are very deceptive, and there were a lot of acts of bad faith, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like making uh, lemonade out of lemons, uh-huh. like if you can't kill them, you can put them in a play. To kind of let them <laughs> fight their way out with it. So it's very therapeutic when, because people who are so deceptive, it's just like it's it's nonstop,
6: and yeah. it's kind of you're constantly yeah.
8: fighting to get them to tell the truth, and there's no end to it, right. and it kind of drives you crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So um, I, I think all those characters um, in that play, I I know, and what I like to do is take people that. I do know and put them in a unique environment mm-hmm. and see how they will get out of it or not get out of it.
1: And then how does raising in the sun play into it? Because that's what you described, no exit Right, and I Raisin was
8: saying uh raising in the sun. You know, I, I was looking at mm-hmm. uh raising the sun and it's um you know basically it's about this family that's stuck in this house. Right. And they're trying to get out. And they're kinda of using all their resources to get out of this particular predicament, Mm -hmm. you know, and I thought, well, what if they couldn't get out of that house, and they were just stuck there having to deal with the dynamics continuously on a loop. Yeah. So, um, that was the, uh, or even if, you know, if you think about growing up, like, being stuck within your own household with the crazy members of your family and not being able to kind of escape that Mm -hmm. and having to deal with that over and over and over again. I do think we, um, we do tend to make the same mistakes over and over again Uh and we try to do the same solutions for the things that got us in the problem in the first place. So at what point can you shift out of that and do something different to get out of that? And I think none of the characters in the play, I think they all have an opportunity to do something different, to get out of it, but they never do. Do, So they're kind of destined to do it over and over, which is yeah. what happens. You know, it's like you repeat these things over and over and over again until you figure it out, you know.
1: Oh, something's wrong.
8: Something's wrong, yeah. Right. I uh, should not shoplift. <laughs> Why do I keep on shoplifting? Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> um,
1: something that I found really interesting in, in your play is this this idea and link and relationship between celebrity dumb, celebrity uh-huh. um, pop culture, mm-hmm. society, Right reality TV and existentialism. Right, right, right. So right, 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 right. how did you, like, take all of these ideas and themes and lay them into your play? Because you talk about things that are very um, kind of jarring, but we're used to, like someone right, taking right, right. photos of someone in a casket. Right. You've seen that happen before. I'm like, right. what is that? mean to... What does that say about us in society? Yeah, and like, what
8: is it doing to our psyche? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's every day. Yeah. And it's almost like you become numb to it. And right. then something bigger has to happen for you. And then it only is for a second. It's like, then you're over it, and then you're on to the next thing. And it just keeps on getting bigger. And But we're addicted to it. Yeah. You know, there are all these shows that are based around people's misery. Yes. You know? Um, my husband showed me a video of this man who is um, feeding homeless people Uh in his uh, neighborhood. He has a restaurant, and he feeds homeless people. Yeah. And you see it, and you just want to start crying, because you're like, this is a whole different reality. Like, people can really be kind to each other, you know? But we have all these shows that are set up that are competitions Mm -hmm. about tearing people apart and criticizing people. Yeah. And... um, it really kind of desensitizes us. Yeah, you know what I mean. I sure. think it really kind of makes us all feel kind of guarded, and we do see these things where people like nothing in that in the play. It's like it's all stuff that's really kind of happened. happened yeah, you know, in some way, shape, or form. In one shape you or form, yeah. yeah it. Right. Right. And
1: it made me think: Oh, are we creating our own existential hell by participating in? Reality TV and oh, following I celebrities, so. yeah, you know, I really like do. it's kind of like you. I I get physically sick when I hear about the Kardashians. Like and I like get a, ill,
8: right? Like um, because you, I don't know. Like, they're just
1: terrible humans. There's only, there's only so much of terrible humans right, I can right, take right. before. I physically respond yeah, right, in a bad right, way, right? Right, right, um, right. But it right. surrounds you. Like I know what they're doing, even though I really right. don't want to you know what they're doing. don't want to know,
8: but it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere, and even when you try to um, avoid it, yeah, it's exactly. almost like people are determined to, to make you it. know yeah. what's going on. Right. Yeah, you know,
6: it's
1: it's awful. <laughs> it's
8: awful. Yeah. So it's, but I, you know, I, I just think you have to kind of fight against that and just um, offer something different, and because you can't counteract it with the same thing. Kind of BS, yeah, 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 So watch PBS, yes, read a L-O's, book, yeah, right, oh,
1: right. Disney Street, Reading Maria Rainbow. Maria Kondo,
8: is it Maria Kondo? Who's yes, the lady the, yes, I'm like addicted to yes, Sparking Joy. Sparking Joy, yeah, yeah you know? <laughs> I love that stuff, you know.
1: So, <laughs> so we're going to start to wrap up. And so um, my last three questions are, um, first one is, what is the best thing about being a playwright of color?
6: Hmm.
1: We usually hear about the bad and how difficult it is, but I'd like to turn the spotlight on what is, what are the really great things about being a playwright of color. I got to meet you. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Oh, <laughs> that.
8: that was awesome. I would, <laughs> that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't a playwright of color. I live in Pasadena, so I... Uh, I submitted my play.
1: Yes, you did.
8: And uh, I was like, I'm not going to get in it. And I live in California. And not <laughs> I am going to pick it up. But I, I was I didn't even like,
1: realize you lived in California I, until I, we chatted.
8: Right, right. And uh, but I told Tanya, my friend. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, there are these people. They're doing this amazing thing. And they're young. And they are full of energy. Like, you've got to get involved with them some way. Yes. I'm not going to be there. But you have to somehow get involved with them some way. And you guys met. Yes, it was awesome, Mina. You know? Yes, and Tanya then,
1: actually thought I was like a Serbian man because my name is Ivan. So that right. was a really great.
8: I'm, I'm really happy right, it was a great that icebreaker. I was able to tell Tanya that I'm
1: not a Serbian man. It was a great joy.
8: Right, right. I mean, how often does that happen? Right. So.
1: I never, I never get mistaken for a Serbian man. So. <laughs> um.
8: So, but we had. Uh, and this is the first reading, this is the first time I'm hearing oh. the play ever at all. You know, Amazing. And, You're going to uh, hear it
1: over and over again. I'm going to hear it over and oh, on a loop. I'm going <laughs> to
8: over and over again. Your own existentialism. Exactly. Yes. But I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I question myself as a writer and like where I fit in mm-hmm. and no one seems to get what I'm doing or wants to do what I'm doing or whatever and that conversation... You called, and you were on, like, yes. a, a boat going to Staten Island or something. I just
1: got from, St- I got to Staten Island for the first time in 10 years. And the I phone the kept on going over. out,
8: but it was, like, this great exchange. Yes. And you were just so full of joy and light and enthusiasm, oh. and it je- it was really early in the morning, because we're on a time difference. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I was yeah. so, it just lifted my spirits just to have that conversation with you. Oh. So, I just wanted to say I really appreciate that so much.
1: Oh, thank you. You're so kind. Thank, Thank you. you. What are other good things about being a writer of color <laughs> <laughs> that don't involve me, although I love it?
8: <laughs> about being a writer of color? Yeah. Um, mm, I, ooh, uh, I dug deep to get that one, girl, so now you're... <laughs> <laughs> I was really digging to find that one. Um, I think in one sense, there's. N- I don't think there's anything great about being a, a writer of color. It mm. just is. Um, or like an artist of color, um, it's it's. You kn- but you know about how challenging it is, right. you know. But right. I did know about that question, so I thought about it for a really really long time. Mm-hmm. And what I came up with is is that, you know, we have so many interesting in New York and new stories to tell. You know, if you think about stories about you know European queens, mm-hmm. they come out every month. Mm-hmm. Every month there's a new this one. Is true. And like the only one that I know about an African queen is about a boat with mm. um, Catherine Hepburn and um, Humphrey Bogart on The African Queen. Yeah. But there's not one about, like, real queens. and. Um, but there's so many stories that we can tell that have not been told. Yeah. So that's the exciting part. There are so many places that we can go. So when you discover one thing new, it just seems, like, so amazing, like something that you've never, ever heard before. Yeah. But it's our stories, you yes. know? So that's nice. I that's think.
6: great.
1: <laughs> um, if you had uh, sixty seconds, I've been asking this since mm-hmm. uh, December twenty sixteen. Right. So if uh, Trump were in the room, mm-hmm. and you had sixty seconds, what would you say to him?
8: This is going to sound really odd at first, but I wouldn't say anything to him directly because I don't think he. I think he's kind of tone deaf. I don't think he would hear mm-hmm. it. Um, but I think. I would, in some way, thank him, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, this country has really funky karma. And from the very beginning, we have done horrible things to the citizens of this country. Mm -hmm. And we create this kind of false narrative. Like, we learn that George Washington chopped down the cherry tree, which is a lie. But we don't learn that he had slaves, Right. right? And so that was the beginning of the country. And it just goes on with all these horrible things that we, you know, do, you know. Um, and then, I don't know if many of you remember, there was a book several years back called um, Chicken Soup for the Soul.
6: Yes.
8: And it talked about, you know, all these people who had these did these wonderful things and it mm-hmm. just made you feel so warm inside. Yeah. And um, the Obama administration came and for me it was like, hot chocolate for my spirit. Right. You know what I mean? It just made me feel warm inside that he was our president. I was so proud and hopeful, you know? And I think our current president is like um, prune juice for our (laughs) karma. Like, you know what prune juice does? Yeah. Prune juice flushes out all that nasty stuff.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: You know? Yes. And you look at it and you go, I can't believe I <laughs> that was in me. You know? <laughs> and I'm not gonna eat that hamburger anymore. <laughs> but we have a choice. We can have a salad, or we can go, I'm gonna go back to the hamburger that I shouldn't have eaten. And I think what he's salad, done.
6: That's oh, important. Actually, it's a roughish. Okay. It's a <laughs> important.
8: Rough. But I think it's like what he's done is, is that he's flushed out all of our nasty karma and all the funky stuff about this country that mm-hmm. we tried to deny that didn't exist, that there's not racism, that there's not sexism, mm-hmm. that all these things that we try to put a, um, a mask on and say that's not there, like we cannot deny that now because of him, because he flushed all that out, you know? Mm-hmm. So we have to decide what are we going to do moving forward, you know? And it's easy, I think it's really easy to take all our anger and throw it at this person outside of us and just share this like venom about how horrible he is. But I think, once again, it's a mulligan for us to look at our own behavior and see, hold the mirror up to ourselves and see where we're racist or sexist mm-hmm. or ageist because all of us have these things within us.
6: And, biases, yeah. and
8: we really have to kind of take the time now to really, really, really focus on um, getting that, flushing that, getting that prune juice or cas- is it castor oil? Didn't castor oil do the same thing <laughs> just to get it flush out of our system? And I think it's possible to do that. But you know, like with dark and shadow, it's like we need, um, you know, light and shadow work together. Yeah. So we, you know, that darkness, you know, you got to shine a light on it to get all of the the yucky stuff. The out. The yucky stuff out. Yeah. So
1: you would tell him to drink prune juice.
8: I would say he is prune <laughs> juice. <laughs> he is prune juice. In human form. And he is just kind of like, he is like our prune juice. That's
1: what I think. I'll tweet that at him. Hashtag you are like juice. our prune juice, <laughs> FYI. Um, and last question, mm-hmm. most important question. What did you have for breakfast this morning?
8: I had Adderall and a cup of coffee.
1: And that's
8: all I really need right now, so... I'm kind of focused and clear at this point. So. I love it. Yeah, that's all you really, really need is Adderall on a cup of coffee.
1: Sometimes I have a riddle and a cup okay. of coffee. Not, not this morning, though. Okay. It would have been too much, but I know it's, it's one of those things. You know how it works. Right? Yes. <laughs> um, awesome. So I, um, we're going to start wrapping up. Mm-hmm. So I would like to thank again the Actors Fund. Arts Center, so the Mark O'Donnell Theater here, for hosting us tonight. Um, I'd love to thank our cast, June Ballinger, Darius Haas, Tyrone Mitchell Henderson, Camille Saviola, Matteo Moreno, Dashiell Eves, Sailor Rain, and Jasmine McLeish. This episode was directed by Tanya Pinkins. Woo! This play was written by Blaine Tima. <laughs> I'd like to thank our musicians for tonight. Julie Brown, Nalusha Dasanaika, Bonita Oliver, and Davi. I'd also like to thank... Yes, 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 yes. I'd also like to thank Fernando Castillo, our sound engineer, and Luke DeCola, our sound editor. Um, And a big thank you to our TPS team, Todd, Katie, Blaze, Rye, and Jesse Manning. Thank you all for listening to The Parsnip Ship. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Parsnip Ship NY. All of our previous episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify and Google Play. Our next live recording will be here at the Actors Fun Art Center, and it is The Very Last Wishes of Grandpa Joe or Mia and Hector Go Sightseeing by Christina Florencia Castro. And you can find out more information about future episodes on our website at The Parsnip Ship.com. This episode was produced by The Parsnip Ship and Business Lunch Productions. The Parsnip Ship is a fiscally sponsored project of the Brooklyn Arts Council. New plays, new music, this is how we hear theater. And we are at our last song for the evening, so y'all can close us out. <coughs>
9: So that not so i get So so I'd get
4: get so so i am getting. Geben, so that get in so lan- powder, So that trans- get so so trainers, So so double-afe. so So produk. So bad so that I'm glad all So So So